Hello, welcome or welcome back to the Woke Pussy Podcast. My name's Penelope, and I don't really know why I'm here for this episode. I've been <laughs> going through it. It was a meme that I saw that I came across in the midst of, you know, my personal turmoil that I'm going through right now. And it said something to the effect of sometimes the heart has to break to open. I didn't want to cry on this podcast, but I'm, I'm going to end up crying. You know, somebody asked me today how my 2023 has been. And it's probably been one of the most heartbreaking years to date. It's just sort of been one crack (laughs) of a mallet over and over again. You know, the nice little cherry on the top is this this heartbreak of what's going on in Gaza. And, you know, assholes like that driving outside with their little cars. But just that realization that we are watching that man veto the humanitarian ceasefire and knowing that like <laughs> we are part of that <sighs> somehow we've been co-opted as Americans into this absolute tragedy that's going on. It's been going on. And now it's just all out in the open. And it it is really painful to look at. It's so painful to look at. And I guess I'm here to talk about heartbreak and all the ways that your heart can break. But yeah, it is true that there is that saying, it is a quote. The man's last name is Colin. I can't remember his first name off the top of my head, but it says that God breaks the heart over and over again until it stays open. This has been a year of great loss for me personally. And then, you know, collectively that I'm so intricately 
connected to and can feel um, so much of. I lost a friend. I lost a teacher this year. I lost an identity that was deeply embedded in me for a very long time. A couple of those. <laughs> I lost the matriarch of my family. I've lost um, structure of my life as I had known it. I lost the stability of the comfort of the relationship that I'm in. In my marriage, my marriage has seen a complete overhaul in the last few months. I've all but lost my faith in society, not humanity. I've actually seen really beautiful things in humanity. I've also seen some of the most ugly things. I've lost all my illusions. It's a very painful experience for the psyche. But you know, what I have learned and I'm very grateful for in my time with Perry while she was my teacher, she's no longer my teacher, for lots of personal reasons, but had I even not had those personal reasons, her stance and on what's going on in Gaza and her support of what's happening, I don't... I, there was no way I would have been able to remain in her space. Had I already, had I not already left.
But I think that the most important thing that I've learned in the two years that I was, you know, working with her is how to allow the truth to move through you no matter how uncomfortable, no matter how painful, no matter how much you wish the truth was something other than what it is. (laughs) To let the knowing of it rise and penetrate you and move through you and cut away everything that isn't true it's really painful work and it's like it's work that people don't see you know I have an adult child now and she had a lot of words to say to me today And I think another mother would be hurt by them. And I wasn't hurt by them because she's not wrong about what she's observing. But she is only seeing it from her perspective. She's not seeing where I came from or how far I've come. She's only seeing how far I've left to go, in her opinion, as a 21-year-old who's not married, has no children, and doesn't have a business that she's running or any of the other responsibilities or complexities that I have going on in my life. But it is heartbreaking in its own way to recognize that You know, I'm not seen very well by others. I'm even less often understood. But what I recognized in that interaction today is that part of it is that I'm scared to share the parts of me that are messy the parts of me that are, you know, fucked up, that are not well-mastered, parts of me where I feel incompetent, where I don't feel strong or polished. I don't share my struggles. We can blame that on my, uh, you know, Sagittarius rising. We can blame that on Jupiter in my 12th house. I said, you know, all that, that, that Jupiter energy is a challenge. You know, Sagittarius energy is, is optimistic. We know that everything's going to be fine. We see the bright side of things. We see the silver lining of things. But we don't often allow ourselves to drop into the depth 
You know, like my girl Amber says, every sign is an answer to the one before it. And Scorpio is before Sagittarius. And Scorpio is so intense. It is so deep. It wants to penetrate so deeply into the truth. And it is so intense. And it is it is a challenging energy for people to be in. And then so Sag comes and says, okay, 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 that's enough of the deep feelings. Like, can we lighten things up? Can we have some fun? Can we be a little happy-go-lucky? And it's, it's a wonderful gift. It helps us survive to be able to tap into that energy. us have hope and faith and believe in better days but the downside of that is that it's it it glosses over things that sometimes really do need that scorpio energy really do need to be dropped deep into the darkness, the dead and dying parts and pieces of us. And there have been so many for me this year. But those heartbreaks, what they did for me is they cracked open the places that I couldn't open by myself. Old wounds, old scars, deep wells of grief and sadness and loneliness and feeling unworthy and unwanted. You know, there are two ways that we deal with that sort of those sorts of feelings, those sorts of experiences in our early life. Especially those of us that, you know, are already just different. We're made different. <laughs> Star seeds, especially. Feel very foreign on this planet, in this world, in this way that, you know, the majority of humans live and operate, it's really painful for us to watch what transpires because of the, you know, lack of emotional intelligence and evolution of the human species as, as a whole. They're very young 
<laughs> the humans are, are very young. But then on top of already being made completely differently, because of course, those of us who've come here to make change, to innovate, to create new pathways, to move the evolution of humanity forward, we already do not fit in. We do not fit the mold. We cannot be like the rest because if we were like the rest, we could not do our job of moving humanity forward. That's enough <laughs> to be a fucking weirdo. <laughs> But oftentimes, there's layers and layers of traumatic human experiences layered on top of that. We get fucked up settings, our wires get crossed, our gauges get tinkered with, we are gaslit out of our intuition, we are gaslit out of taking care of ourselves, being with ourselves. You know, my daughter called me selfish today. And that's funny because I don't, nothing she said to me, I have not owned. So none of it was hurtful. <laughs> like maybe she thought it would be. And I, and I guess that's the tragedy of that, right? Like she's been holding back saying these things to me and I'm just like, you, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Like they're true. Truth doesn't hurt my feelings. It may be uncomfortable. I may be embarrassed or ashamed. But it doesn't hurt my feelings. You're right. I am selfish. And so is everybody else. This thing, this selfishness, is just, it's been, it's weaponized. There's two kinds of selfish. There's the complete disregard for others. Self-serving. Completely closed off from the connection of the collective, from the way that who you are and what you do and what you say impacts others. And ironically, I think people are much more okay with that type of selfishness. It's more socially acceptable. Or just people are used to it. It's not that it's okay, it's just... It's how most people are. I'm not selfish in those ways. I'm selfish in the way that there is only the self. <laughs> there is only the self. And I have learned that my greatest wounds have come from me leaving myself. Myself. 
And I will never do that again. As long as I have the awareness and the knowing and I can see that, I will never do it again. Not for anybody. Not for my husband. Not for our woman. Not for our children. And I can see where there's this idea that, you know, parents should be self-sacrificing and give everything to their kids and, you know, like... I don't actually subscribe to self-sacrifice in any way for anyone, but especially for our children. Because that's not what I want to teach them. I want to teach them to stay with themselves, even if it rubs people the wrong way, even if it makes other people uncomfortable, even if it hurts other people's feelings. But what I'm also teaching them is to consider, calculate, be mindful of the collateral damage, be mindful if you know, it's it's both things. It's take care of yourself, it's stay with yourself, but not excluding your impact on other people. You have to include your impact. The impact matters. Because we aren't here alone. We are not islands unto ourselves. We are here in a cooperative experience. And there are many things that are true all at once. It is true that I could be a better mother. It's also true that I could be a worse one had I not done the work that I've been doing for the last 20 years. Had I not lost my, the opportunity to raise my oldest daughter. Had I not learned from that. So the heart breaks over and over again until it stays open. Sometimes the heart breaks because real love arrives. And it is in a form that you didn't expect. And in those cases, it's not that it's breaking your heart, it's that it's shining the light on the cracks that were already there, on the pain that's been hiding, on all the ways that you've been keeping love out 
because you've been so afraid to love something that you know you're going to lose. That's the truth of it, right? Nothing here is permanent. You will lose that person that you love, whether it's to tragedy or they choose another or you choose another, you grow or whatever happens or you live together for this entire lifetime and both pass away (laughs) sweetly in your sleep. It will end. Everything here will end. That's the beauty of it, and it it is also why it's so painful to let it in. You know, my daughter said something about how all my children are hurting because of the kind of mother that I am and, you know, that I'm not better at it or, you know, Not those words, but that was kind of the gist of it because I'm, you know, so selfish and all of those things. But I was like, what makes you think that you could live a life and not experience any kind of pain? Everybody is going to experience pain. We are all going to be hurt. We are all going to experience hurtful things. It all hurts. (laughs) Being a human hurts. Even the most, but the the most beautiful things are still painful. Because it's not permanent. And the more beautiful a thing, the more like (laughs) you're like, damn. I really, really want to let that in, but I also really, really don't want to lose it. I don't want it to get taken away. So I'd rather not experience it than experience it and love it and want it and need it and then not have it anymore. And there's no remedy for that because the truth is, is it will be gone one day in one way or another. And as long as we're avoiding the pain of this human experience, the discomfort, <laughs> the if, avoiding feeling our hearts being cracked open over and over again. If we keep avoiding that side of the spectrum, we don't get to ever have anything that's real, that's beautiful, that's devastatingly amazing. Both ends hurt. It's a circle. (laughs) The 
more you love something, the more it hurts when you lose it. Grief and love are two sides of the same coin, I think. Loss and love. You know, it's cool. It's cool to be nonchalant. You mean nonchalant. If you don't care about it and you lose it, it doesn't matter. And we've grown accustomed by New Age spirituality whose, you know, whole goal is to basically never feel bad, never feel pain, never be uncomfortable, never be offended, never have your feelings hurt. And it's just anesthetized everything. I'm being personally faced right now with something so incredible. It feels like nothing else I've ever felt before. Felt like everything I've ever imagined something could feel like. And it's terrifying. to be so close to it. And having to make that choice. But not letting it in only guarantees that I'll never have it. The loss is guaranteed. I mean, the loss is guaranteed anyway, but isn't it better to have loved and lost than to not have loved at all? Our ego says, no, absolutely not. It's better to not love at all. It's better to not lose. It's better to not feel pain. We're not here to feel pain. I'm here to keep you from feeling pain. And everything in your ego mind is going to try to keep you from pain. But when it does that, it's also keeping you from the beauty, from the love Because an open heart feels everything. All of it. If you want more joy, you have to, unfortunately, have the capacity to feel just as much grief. Duality is a motherfucker like that, huh? But that's why we came here. We came here for the bullshit. <laughs> we came here for the turmoil, for the war, for the tragedy, for the angst, for loss, for death, for to experience that in contrast. What makes something precious? It's fragility. It's f fragility makes things precious. It's a delicacy. It's delicate. It's breakable.
when we're in the spirit world and we're eternal and omnipotent and it's all good and all love and all light and all one. We don't get to experience that thing that happens when you can lose something, when something can end, when it's all eternal, it never ends. And I have to assume that we came here to this fucked up place of good and evil of highs and lows and extremes and polarity and love and hate and loss and joy and rapture and devastation. To feel that thing. That thing that happens when you realize you can lose something. The way it engages you. I mean, you could go the other way. You could avoid it. You could avoid the feeling. Or you could take it in more. You can go deeper. Be more present. Love it harder. Take better care of it. Cherish it. Relish it. Obsess over it. Pour yourself into it. Make the most of it. You know, in the beginning of this conflict in Gaza, I definitely had a hard time, had some survivor's guilt of like, how dare I be happy and live my life and do beautiful things and how dare I enjoy the comforts that I experience when this devastation is going on. And yeah, there's one, that's one way to look at it. But I think the other way to look at it is, and what I have seen and what is that it has, wake, it has woken me up to that thing that like, it could all be gone. It could all be gone in a second. And am I doing the best that I can to be present for my life? To enjoy this time here? Do I want to sit across from someone at a table and think about all the ways they've done me wrong and all the things they don't do right and all the ways that they could be better or do I want to appreciate what they do have, what they do give?
you know, I've been, I don't want to say pessimistic. It's not that. It's that when you have the certain kind of childhood trauma that I have, which is that you feel wrong for everything, therefore discarded and unwanted and ignored and you can't do anything right. Because you can't be what they want you to be. And then they start gaslighting you, calling you selfish, and you start contorting yourself into smaller and smaller boxes and tighter and tighter spaces to try to please them so that they'll love you. so that they'll choose you, so that they'll want you, so that they won't be upset with you. Because if they're upset with you, they push you away, they reject you, right? So you become quieter and quieter and smaller and smaller until you disappear. And then the only real remedy for that is I'll be better. I can do better. I can do more. I can do better. I'll be better. And the way to be better is to be obsessively, incessantly focused on what's not right, on what is wrong, on, you know, finding all the problems so that you could fix everything because if you can finally fix everything then you'll be good enough then you know then you'll love me right hmm <laughs> It doesn't work that way. You could get some pretty sick-ass skills, though. I've mastered a lot of dope-ass shit. <laughs> From my trauma response perfectionism. Oh, I'm not good enough for you? I'll be better. I'll do better. I'll learn more. I'll master this. I'll, I'll be better. Oh, I'm still not good enough for you. I'll be better. I can do better. Oh, it's still not. I'm still not good enough for you. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll keep. I'll, I'm gonna keep trying. I'll be gonna, I'm gonna do better. I'm gonna do better. I'm gonna do better until one day you're like, this is not working. Because it was never about you in the first place. They made it about you. Yeah, whole other conversation for another time. <laughs> but you learn to dance for them, whoever they are, to wear whatever mask, whatever costume, say their lines coming in the right cues, do the right moves, say the right things, 
And you might win their favor, and they might like you, they might choose you, they might keep you. But the cost is too great. Because you've lost yourself. not that you lose yourself it gets covered up and you're still there you're still there underneath it and and I'm learning that now as I've stripped away so much of who I thought I was and what I thought I was and what I thought I wanted because I had because I, I had convinced myself that I wanted it because someone else wanted it and and if I admitted that I didn't want it if I was honest about that then I couldn't do it. <laughs> but if I didn't do it, then I couldn't stay connected to them. And if I didn't stay connected to them, then, you know, uh, you know, it was a mess. So we gaslight, we're gaslit first by others. And then we get really good at doing it ourselves. Man, and undoing that shit is hard because it's intricately tied to that visceral survival mechanism in us. It's hard. This shit is hard. It's really fucking hard. But I can tell you in no uncertain terms that you can't get under my skin by telling me I need to do my part or that I haven't done enough work or I'm not good enough or that shit don't work on me no more. And maybe I should care more because it's my children. <laughs> but I'm like, no, I don't. I don't care who it is. If you are not me, you haven't been through what I've been through. You've not carried the burdens that I've carried. You don't have the responsibilities that I have. You don't have the experiences that I have, the duty that I have. And if you can't find the will to choose to want to understand that experience... I don't actually care how you feel about it. What you see is not the truth. Not the whole truth, at least, for sure. And certainly it's clouded by your own perceptions, your own lenses, your own ways of seeing the world because of where you are standing because of what you've experienced I don't know it's weird life is weird I have so many feelings that I can't quite 
convey or express or make any fucking sense of and I've been very embarrassed when I'm not composed or not in control or you know can't present a polished product I think that part you know part of it's my childhood trauma but also part of it's being a dancer the perfectionism of getting it right, doing it over again, over and over, get it right, get it right, get it right, be on beat, be on count, <laughs> this arm goes here, no, not there, right here. You know, there's a perfectionism that we learn as dancers, a control that we have to have. And nobody tells you that that doesn't have to translate to the rest of your life, it just it becomes a way of being. And when it's tied to childhood trauma of, you know, an emotionally immature parent who expects you to change in order to make them feel better, everything you do is wrong. You are there to make their life easier, to, you know, be a doll on a shelf, to be a servant to, I don't know. Y'all know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> Shit gets fucked up. Wires get crossed. If you have a parent that yells at you for making a mess. becomes viscerally intolerable to be messy because you internalize that punishment. It's not their fault. It's this weird societal, it's, it's a very masculine, sterilized, everything's got to be super clean and neat and clean lines. And, you know, it's the demonization of the feminine and the blood and the guts and the mess and the fucking chaos that most of life is. Life is chaotic. It's fucking messy. It's blood, sweat, and tears. Bodily fluids. <laughs> it's messy. And everybody thinks that it's better to avoid the mess. It can't be messy. There's a balance. It's both. It's both. For sure. It's a dance. Push and pull. The yin, the yang, the in and out, the up and down. We're supposed to move through everything. It's not supposed to click to one extreme and the other. It's supposed to move fluidly. But when we separate everything into these weird little compartments, these weird little boxes, it's like this or that, this or that, this or that. No, it's and 
It's not or, it's and. It's this and that. They may see com- seem completely opposite. And that's okay. You figure out how to make it, how to dance in between them, from one to the other. Balance, integration, it's giving the infinity symbol. That's how you find that, the infinite. And it's in that dance around the figure eight of the infinity. From one polar end down through where they crisscross up and around to the other side and around. And you go up to the good side, to the light side, and you come down into the down. You come to neutral center point. Ah. Everyone wants to stay there. <laughs> you don't get to stay there. You got to go back up again. And then you got to come back down again. And you get to neutral point again and you go, yes, I love it here. Some people's cycles goes the other way. You go down before you go up. That's why people get paralyzed. They get stuck in that center point. They want to stay there in neutrality. They want to stay there in the oneness and the all that isness and where everything's one and connected. <laughs> it's like the more you try to stay there, the more fucked up it gets. Just go down. Go down. Get that power. Go down. Feel the dark side of the light. Go down, build up the speed and the momentum. It'll loop you around to the heights of the heights, to the sunlight, to the sky. And it's going to take you down again. If you try to stop yourself at the center point when you're going down, you're going to get fucked up. We have to start being able to feel one of the biggest reasons that this shit in Gaza is so fucked up is because there are people who cannot feel the tragedy, the grief, the loss. They cannot connect to that. If you were to be able, anyone who's been able to connect to the depth of the suffering is like, whoa, this has to stop. This is not right. This is fucked up. Anyone else who isn't like, yo, this has to fucking stop right now, I promise you, they're not feeling. They're stuck. They put the brakes on, they're digging their heels in, they're doing anything they can to avoid that down. They're smoking it away. They're drinking it away. They're shopping it away. They're, you know, out of their body. They don't want to, like, it's crazy. And then the more out of their body they are, the more those demonic forces can get in there. The more the spirits can get in there. Spirits of greed. Spirits of hatred. Um, I've been in a lot of pain. A lot. 
for a very long time. And I, too, have been avoiding going down into it. And it's like every time you go down and around, it gets deeper. The groove gets deeper. You go down even further and you come up even higher if you can make it all the way down. And it just goes and it goes and it expands. And that, that figure eight gets wider and wider and wider and wider. And it expands more and more and more and more. And in that sense, it gets harder. But if you allow it, you get better at it. You know that you're going to come. This last down, I had a crazy down. I went all the way down. I've been so afraid of it because I've been afraid I wouldn't come back up. But I just let myself have it this time. Again, things I've learned from Perry that I'm so grateful for. I'm so, so sad, actually, that I've lost connection (laughs) with her and her views. And it's not everything, of course, but... And I don't know if she's changed her tune, but she was vehemently against a ceasefire before. And I'm like, how can you be against a ceasefire? <laughs> like, I don't want to get into it. There has to be a point where enough is enough. That, yeah, of course, you can't have quote-unquote terrorists doing terrorist things. But how is it justified to become more of a monster and more of a terrorist? That, 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 that's not going to work. You don't pour more fuel on the fire to, pour, to put the fire out. It doesn't work that way. But I am end- endlessly grateful for the teachings. I do not know how I would have made it through this year, especially without them. To just know that just unconditional acceptance. It's not just her teaching, too. So it's it's the teaching. It comes in different forms. It's just I was able to hear it from her. And not that I hadn't heard it before, but it sank in, finally. Perhaps repetition, perhaps... I invested enough money that it mattered enough for me to pay attention, you know? (laughs) She's very talented as well. I'm I'm sad. I can't even really talk more about it. I'm really, really, really fucking sad. It was one thing to leave the containers by choice. It was another thing to be like, I can never go back here. to have that door completely shut for me because we just do not agree. I can disagree with a lot of things and still remain in connection with somebody, but this Gaza thing is not something, it's not one of those points.
There is no justification. Reasons, sure, of course, you can, all kinds of angles. And none of it justifies what's being done over there. It never will. Anyway, this shit's about to end. They're about to kick me off, and I've been rambling for almost an hour. I was supposed to be taking a nap, but I couldn't sleep, and I thought I would talk to you, to whoever is out there listening, practicing not being embarrassed to be seen in these spaces. As a teacher, if I can't go where I'm pointing you towards, I can't actually guide you there. My system is completely intolerant to hypocrisy. <laughs> so if I say it, I'm doing it. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, it just feels so good to open. It feels so good to not be closed and pressurized and tight and clenched and paralyzed and frozen. Even the pain starts to feel good because it's moving, it's alive. It passes through the river of life is flowing through you. You learn to like the sensation and stop giving it names and labels and demonizing it and making it bad. You let things happen more and more and more. You notice where your mind is trying to come in and save you from that uncomfortable feeling of embarrassment. Oh God, if I fall in love with this woman and it doesn't go well, I'm going to be humiliated. So what? So what? People pay a lot of money to be humiliated. <laughs> I can get it for free. <laughs> Some fucked up shit, right? An existential kink for you. To end this, I love you. I really gotta go. Um, hit me up at penbadger, wokekittycity at gmail.com. Talk to you next time. Bye.